0: Folks, you join us um, partway through a really exciting series about the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, this, uh, this thing that Jesus taught about, this thing that Jesus brought, this thing that Jesus established, uh, this thing called the kingdom. And, uh, and I'm hoping that it's of use. I'm hoping that it's um, beneficial. I hope that not only is it informational, is that such a word? I don't know. Um, Uh, But more than that, I hope that it's enlightening you to to being a part of a bigger story, to actually being a part of this thing that Jesus, uh, this vision that he came to establish, but not only then but now, this thing called the kingdom, that everything that is of heaven is accessible here now on earth. And so that's why I deliberately said that. When we worship, when we stand and we sing those songs, I really mean that we join with the angels. We're joining in with heavenly hosts that are saying glory to God. This this side of heaven for us, right? This side, we still get to join in, be part of what God is doing and God is in heaven here on earth. And it's absolutely incredible. We've looked at certain things. Last week we spoke about uh, being beings rather than doing doings or doers. Let's be beers. And uh, something that God's really teaching me again is to just be be in his presence, just be, instead of striving and doing and trying to be what I think God wants me to be. God just wants me to be. Be who he made me to be. And uh, we talked about growers last week, that God invites us to be growers rather than producers. He's the one growing the kingdom. He's the one who's advancing the kingdom. It's not about us. He just invites us to partner with him. And I want to Uh, begin this week by looking at this thing called the kingdom now and not yet. You'll have heard me talk about it before and uh, give little snippets about it, and I really want to unpack what that means, that we live now in the kingdom, but there's the kingdom not yet. And hopefully as we unpack that, you'll understand what I mean. June the 6th, 1944 was D-Day. It was the day which the Allied forces Uh, came across the channel, and they landed there on the the five beaches in Normandy. And that was the day that the war was won. That was the day that started. That was victory really there. But it was about 11 months later, in May, uh, May the 8th in 1945, the ultimate victory was established. D-Day was when the war was won, but war still continued for another 11 months until Victory Day, until VE Day was finally, finally established. And it's a great picture. It's a great analogy for us to kind of understand this concept of the kingdom now and the kingdom not yet. So the cross, the cross of Jesus was D-Day. That was the moment, the once and for all time and place and event that did take place when victory was won. Never has to be repeated. The enemy was defeated at that moment. The death and the resurrection of Jesus was it. It was victory. Jesus came, he established his kingdom. But we still live in a battle. It's still wartime. Isn't that right? So even though we have all that we need in him, even though we have all the resources and all of God's kingdom. With us, we're on the good side. We're still in a battle. We're still in a war. And it's not until V-E day, when Jesus comes again, that the kingdom will come in all its fullness. Some of you will have heard this sort of language before. Some of you, this is maybe the first time. So again, D-Day was the cross. But V-E day is when the kingdom will come in all its fullness. But we live now in the kingdom now But not yet. And it's the not yet that we really want to look into uh, this morning. We live in this tension, this period right now. And Jesus speaks of it. He's so gracious. He's so kind. He knows what it's going to be like for us. And so he tells us all these stories to help us. Isn't that amazing? And here's the story I think that really best tells it. It's called the parable of the weeds. If you have a Bible, it's there. Matthew 13 just going to whiz through it. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed ears, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered. Because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. I remember a time uh, many years ago when my parents both had nice cars. Uh, they were they were expensive cars. They were later on in life when they had a bit more cash and uh, they splashed out on these things. And they sat on our driveway and I remember my dad fell out with a bloke who sold the cars to him. I can't imagine why. I can't remember why he did, but he did nonetheless. And I remember a morning when they discovered that their cars had been damaged. During the night, we can't prove it, they could never prove it, but they're sure it was him. Came with paint stripper, and poured paint stripper over both the cars, and ruined the bodywork to it. And you can see there uh, that wasn't actually a picture of it. But you can imagine, can't you? Put another way, during the night there was a murder. That was my best tagger impression. It's not good, sure it's not. That <laughs> it wasn't that funny, Ivan. <laughs> During the night, the robbers came. While we were sleeping, the enemy came. You can hear it, can't you? It's in the the story. You can understand, you can feel the sower had sowed seed. But the enemy did this. The enemy, during the night, sowed weeds. Jesus is the sower. The field is the world. And this is a great picture of the kingdom now and not yet. We see the awful evidence around us. It doesn't matter what we do. Corrupting influences come into our families, uh, a destroyer invades our body, a culture of hatred attacks our cities, famine, poverty. All these influences come, the enemy comes, the enemy's coming against us, against us. It's the kingdom now, it's the kingdom not yet. And so we repent of building of our own kingdoms, all the things that we've been talking about over the last few weeks. We begin to let God be God instead of us being in charge. We lay down our lives. We surrender. We embrace the kingdom. All these things we've been looking at. We begin to see with new eyes. And we're saying, God, we're living for you. But don't be surprised when you collide with the real world. The real world that brings these things to us and to our doorstep. Bad stuff happens to good people. And don't be surprised as you're pressing deeper into relationship with Jesus, that life starts getting even tougher, that things just seem to be happening. That's just par for the course, I'm afraid. What's that phrase? Every level, uh, every new level, there's a new devil. There's a, there's a phrase that was coined and picked it up from somewhere else. It's not necessarily straight from the Bible, but you understand the thing. Each new level of, 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 of of, of, of spirituality comes and you dare like there's greater pressure on us pressure on us but here's the thing if life has gone south for you right now if you're in that storm if you're in that valley praise the Lord praise the Lord for two reasons one because he's at work because you're on to something good that blessings around the corner and two Because he's the one when the victory's already won. Regardless, praise the Lord. When difficult circumstances come into our lives, we have one of two choices. One is that we blame God and we steer away from God and we steer away from relationships, life-giving relationships, where people are going to stand with you and hold you and walk the journey with you. You either steer away from that stuff or you press in. And you press into Jesus and more of him. I'm off my notes and I've lost it a wee bit. Give me a moment. So right there, with it, there's hardship. There's family trouble, illness, problems. This is the tension. This is the kingdom now and the kingdom not yet. And like me, like us, we all have our story, don't we? Like It's a real privilege to be doing what we're doing. The privilege is that we get to be a part of your lives and we get to share in them and we get to meet and have coffee with you and uh, buns and things like that. And It's just lovely. But what's more lovely than the coffee and the buns is actually hearing your lives and and journeying those things with you. It's absolutely a privilege and an honour to be trusted in that way. And it's not just us. We do it with each other, don't we? Because that's the family. That's the kingdom. That's the body of Christ. Caring for one another, loving one another. That's it. That's the deal. God set us apart and chose us to be together in relationship. And we've all got our story. Whether it's someone giving you a hard time at work, whether it's illness, the loss of a loved one, relational breakdown, unemployment, a child who's living a destructive lifestyle. We could go on and go on. And many of these things, folks, they're seasons. They're just seasons that will come to us, and it's just part and parcel life, and they'll go. Most of them, there are some, and there are some circumstances where it is for our lifetime. But nonetheless, either way, when we're in the middle of the storm, You very much feel like you're in the kingdom, not yet. As you walk the hallways of the hospitals, as you enter the Job Seekers building to sign on, as you sit at your home, in your room in tears, you're in that place of confusion, of pain, of frustration and anger. And prayers turn, don't they, towards God. How did this happen? Did you send this to me to teach me something? Are you punishing me? There are all these random kind of questions and things that we begin to ask of ourselves. Not many answers. This is just what I've experienced. Not many answers come. But the most important thing is peace comes. As we dial into him, as we push into him, he just wants to know that he is with you. He is present. He loves you. But with the questions, sometimes come answers. And here's just a wee bit, which I hope will be helpful. Um, some well-meaning folks in those places and in those times like to give answers. And I think sometimes, Christians, we can be the worst at giving crass answers into situations like this. Oh, God knows what's happening. It'll be all right. Just, you know, you'll get through it. And uh, things like that. And they don't help much. They just make you angry. And sometimes, Christians, we have a hard time of saying, you know, in the midst of this, I don't know why the hell this is happening to you. I can't begin to understand how you must be feeling right now. I don't know how you get up in the morning and face the day. Life must be really difficult. See, that's real, isn't it? That's honest. And I think that an unbelieving world looks in at the church and often they just think, oh, goodness, What they're asking is, is it real? And we need to be communicating, it's real or right. And so prayers can sometimes turn to, God, what the, Dickens, are you up to here? That's That's an honest prayer right there. That's a gutsy, real prayer. And I just think God wants us to come to him in that way and in those places and in those times. And the same Jesus who says, trust me, my father is still at work in you. He's still growing wheat in amongst the weeds. He's still at work. Jesus tells this story, tells this parable. For the hearers then and the hearers now that we would know. The servants can't rip up the weeds. Can't rip up that stuff because it will rip up the wheat with it. The two must form together. And yes, there are many days in our lives when we wish that that were not so. We wish that the weeds would be plucked straight away, away from us. But remember, he's the one who's already won. He's the one who's already conquered death. And so the parable ends, the wheat wins. The good guys always win. The wheat goes to be with him forever. And that's the kingdom in all its fullness. One day at harvest time, The wheat go to be with him forever and ever. And the weeds will be going to hell forever and ever. However, it's often in the times of the not yet that the kingdom still breaks through. The kingdom coming through the tension. In the midst of the storm, Jesus walks in. So you can be in that place of, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I feel like this, the circumstances don't look good. But in amidst that, Jesus walks in into the storm and there are moments of joy. Friends who stand alongside and relationships deepen during that experience. Meals that are made for you and brought to you. Children that are cared for. Nurses who are kind. Relationships go stronger. Peace in the struggle. Peace and hope in the storm. It's in those moments the tension recedes, the love and presence of Jesus comes and the not yet is replaced with the air of hope that everything is gonna be all right. It's in these moments that we realize God is not to blame. He didn't send the sickness, he didn't send the sorrow, he didn't send those circumstances to you. But in those moments he has the opportunity If we will embrace him at that time, for him to do something absolutely amazing in us and through us. We know that God causes all things to work together for good. To those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. He takes what was meant for evil and turns it for our good. Don't we sing that most weeks? Or... It's been, it's been an anthem of ours right now. He's turning it for our good, for our good and for your glory. The good he works is just a foretaste of what we'll ultimately receive when the kingdom comes in all its fullness. But it's often through hardship that God is able to break through and do amazing things. A good, good friend of mine, who doesn 't know Jesus yet, and um, someone I love dearly and um, we 've shared a lot of things in life together and um, his his uh, mummy was has been uh, was, was ill was dying of cancer for uh, probably about eighteen months or so, and I had the privilege of going um, early days when she nearly passed away straight away and um, they allowed me to go to hospital and pray with her which i did and I had an amazing time and over the course of about 18 months or so i i visited this this lady and we prayed together and we we shared stuff together it's just it's just amazing it's one of those amazing privilege honorable times which you get to do it's wonderful and you don't need to be a pastor to do that by the way um and then in, in the last kind of, I guess, two or three weeks of her life, it was really difficult. It's just at that, that moment, you're just like, please, God, would you take her? This is not good. Would you take her? And in that time, uh, again, it's like you're in that place where, what do you say? And, and you don't need to say much except, this is really difficult for you, mate. I don't know how you're doing it. This isn't the way it should be. That's an honest answer. It's not a, I have to stick up for God answer and tell him, oh, there's a reason or there's a, that's a load of nonsense, that's tough, mate. I don't know how. And I got to pray with him, which is something I've not done before. And and, uh, it was just an amazing opportunity. I sent him a couple of books. One of them was The Shack, which is a brilliant book which talks about God in the midst of suffering and pain. And him and his wife and uh, sister read the book, and, and it's really, really impacted their lives. It's just been amazing. And, um, one or two other things which I'll not share, but I, I guess I'm just telling you that story. It's in the midst of, the, of the, the hard times, the kingdom not yet, the reality and the pain that we still uh, suffer and endure that's part and parcel of life here now on earth, that often in those times... The kingdom has the opportunity to break through. And it's just just amazing to be a part of and see. So if you're in that place, hang in there and push into him and push into relationship with each other. Let's pray together. And uh, then we're going to Do something really special in a moment as well. so God, thank you that you have come and that your kingdom is at work. We thank you that you invite us to be a part of that. We say yes, God, and amen to everything that you have for us. But right now, for those of us where it's personal, where we are in that place of the not yet, where life is pretty crappy, where life is pretty difficult right now. I pray for your grace and your peace and hope to come. Peace in the struggle hope for the future and I pray that we would experience and just see you walking to us in the storm walking out to us to meet us And now in this moment, we're going to do something that Jesus taught his, taught, he demonstrated it, didn't he? He didn't just talk about it, but he did it. He did it with his best friends, and even with someone who was going to betray him. He was even involved in the party. They had that meal together, and... um, They broke bread and they had some wine. And they did this as a remembrance thing. And we're going to do this as a body together. We're going to share together in this. And as we do that, we're we're a part of him. We're a part of his body. And so, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread. When he had given thanks... He broke it and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this wherever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. So we get to do this. We get to do this now, on earth, until he comes again. And uh, we're so, so privileged that the little ones from Rockets are with us. Come on in, folks. Um, Come on in. You can either sit with your mummies and daddies if you want to, or if you don't want to be anywhere near them, I would understand. Um, There you go. There's some life right there. There they all are. Uh, Guys, if you're doing communion, could you come uh, up? That would be tremendous. And if worship team could uh, go first, that would be absolutely brilliant. So we're going to serve communion. We've got two sides, one here and one here. And um, there's bread. There's gluten-free bread. There's wine. And there's Ribena i think we've covered all the bases if you get grossed out on sharing a glass bring your own and we'll pour you some and uh, and that's that uh... whenever you're ready whenever you're ready in yourself then uh... come up join the line either side if you parents want your children to take communion that's up to you that's your decision uh, But this is a holy moment, amazing moment, a moment to share together as family. So whenever you're ready, just go for it.
1: Jesus Christ, I think upon your sacrifice, you became nothing, poured out to death, many times I've wondered at your gift of life, and I'm in that place once again. I'm in that place once again And once again I look upon the cross where you died I'm humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside Once again I thank you Once again I pour out my life Now you are exalted to the highest place, King of the heavens, where one day I'll bow. But for now, I marvel at your saving grace, and I'm full of praise once again. I'm full of praise once again. And once again, I look upon the cross where you died. I'm humbled by your mercy, down broken inside. But once again, I thank you. Once again, I pour out my life. Oh, I thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Oh, I thank you for the cross, my friend. Yes, I thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross, Jesus. Thank you for the cross, my friend. I thank you for the cross Thank you for the cross Oh, I thank you for the cross My friend I thank you for the cross Thank you for the cross Oh, I thank you for the cross My friend And once again I look upon the cross You died I'm humbled by your mercy And I'm broken inside once again I thank you once again I for And once again, I look up on the cross where you died. I'm humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside. Once again, I thank you. Once again, I hope. If we're still um, going for communion, that's great. But why do we stand together and we'll just carry to, carry on worshiping um, whilst those guys are still receiving communion? For you are higher than the mountains that I face. Stronger than the power of the grave Constant in the trial and the change One thing remains one thing One thing, one thing remains You are higher you are higher than is that i think stronger than the power of the brain constant in the trial and the change yes one thing remains this one Love never fails. It never gives up. Never runs out on me. And your love never fails. Never gives up Never runs out on me It's your love Never fails, never gives up Never runs out on me Oh, your love Never fails, never gives up Never runs out on me Your love Amazing love It's your love
0: We thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the cross. We thank you that once and for all, you did it. You did it for us. You did it so that we'd be free people. We thank you for liberation from our sin, from our stuff, from the things that hinder We thank you that you give us newness of life. You're the God of second and third and fourth and fifth chances, God. Thank you. And thank you that you're with us in the calm and the storm. Thank you. You are with us. Very apt. It's a word from the Lord. Some of us here just need to let it go. Let it go. (laughs) I know it's hopes. Isn't it great, eh? Wonderful. Guys, we're, 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 we're done. There are a couple of things... If you want prayer please come and love-